Welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Fred Shankelberg, the host of this RAMS special episode. While attending the Reliability and Maintainability Symposium in Tucson, Arizona in 2016, I had the chance to sit down and talk with Bill Meeker. Bill is a professor in, of statistics and a distinguished professor in the liberal arts and sciences at Iowa State University. He's a fellow of the American Statistical Association, the American Society for Quality, and the American Association for the Advancement of Science. He's also the past editor of Technometrics. He's co-authored the book Statistical Methods for Reliability Data with Louis Escobar and Statistical Intervals with Gerald Han. He has numerous other publications in engineering and statistical literature. He's won numerous awards for his work across many different areas of statistics and reliability. But he's also done extensive research and consulting on problems of reliability data analysis, warranty analysis, accelerated testing, non-destructive evaluation, and statistical computing. I had the pleasure of sitting down with him at the conference to talk a bit about his work and how he got started. So join me now for a conversation with Bill Meeker. Well, Bill, thanks for joining me here. Thanks to the Dare to Know uh, interview process. Well, thanks for inviting me, Fred. You looked a little concerned when I first asked you if you'd sit down for an interview to get to know you a little bit for this podcast. I and mean, you've done interviews before. I've done a few. Right. Now, keep in mind that one of the reasons that I'm building this podcast is that you know, many of us here at RAMS and practitioners are in the field of reliability read your book. Right. And I don't know how many thousands of, I, I won't say how long, but you've taught a lot of people and you've been presenting at conferences. I think I was at uh, the fall technical conference and you received the best paper award for that. And I mean, you just, you've been sharing your knowledge and building knowledge for years. Yeah, it was a fun project to write that book. It took us about five years. Luis and I beat up on each other. We sometimes joke that if either one of us had done it alone, we could have done it in half the time. No. <laughs> so if it's, you're, what you're saying is if you're going to write a book, <laughs> get good co-authors. Get good co-authors. There you go. But it, 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 I mean, so this is the reliability statistics, but you're coming at it from a statistician's point of view. But what I liked about your book is that it's, it's, it allowed me as a practitioner to say, I recognize that. Oh, I need to check residuals and here's how I interpret it. Or here's the, a way to approach graphing this data so that even managers can understand it, as I like to say. Yeah, the criterion for topics in the book was that we had real applications, right. and so we integrated that right along with the uh, with the technology that we're introducing in the book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And but that hasn't stopped. You keep learning new stuff and pulling out new engagements and case studies. And oh, that's right. My students and I have a wonderful time working with real problems and extending the state of the art. Yeah. Now, one thing you did correct me on a few years ago is I, I was using the analogy, I think, in one of my presentations, and I always get this tremor of fear when you stand up to ask me a question in a presentation, because I know I did something really not right. <laughs> you know? But I, I made the reference that uh, um, incandescent light bulbs uh, uh, have a wear out, in, and fluorescent bulbs ha or have a wear out, incandescent bulbs have a random failure. And you said, no, we actually looked at that. It was, 
Yeah. Was, was so, that for a client? So, so some uh, some people have written about incandescent light bulbs and said they follow an exponential distribution. Right, and, and I was kind of building that's on just, that. That's just totally wrong because you have a wear out mode there, and uh, the the incandescent light bulb filament, tungsten alloy, that literally evaporates over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And eventually it gets to be brittle enough and small enough that it just it just fractures. Usually it fractures when it goes on and off because when you turn the light bulb on and off, not only do you get thermal shock, but you get mechanical shock. Right, right. And so that's why usually you'll see the incandescent light bulb fail when you, when you switch it on. Right. Now I did an experiment in my basement Two years. Oh, I thought two, you had your grad students doing this. No, two years, two sockets, <laughs> continuous run, didn't turn them off, just trying to understand primarily my research question was, is there batch-to-batch -batch variability mm -hmm. in incandescent light bulbs? So I'd buy a box of six, and that was my batch. Right. It's pretty reasonable to expect they came off the and, same and, production line. And, and what gave me the thought about this is, uh, in our house, we have a lot of... Uh, ceiling lights with three bulbs and as soon as the first one would go my wife would start getting on my case to replace it mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I would say no the, the next one's going to fail pretty quickly and so we compromised after two fail then I would replace all three right, right. a lot less time and bother and I take that third one still running and I'd use it at some easy to access place to right change. right it doesn't require the ladder to get to but the second one always came very close to the first one really and so that suggested Maybe there's a lot of batch-to-batch uh, -batch variability and not much variability within a batch. And indeed, that's what I was able to show with this, okay. with this data set that so I have. So it's not exponential, which I know you know what distribution it is. So what I found is that um, depending on the data set that I've looked at, that the normal distribution actually works pretty darn well. Okay. Now, people sometimes criticize the use of a normal distribution for reliability applications because it ranges from minus infinity to plus infinity, and we know times don't do that. Right. But if the spread, the standard deviation, is a small fraction of the mean, and it is, then the probability of getting something less than zero is effectively zero, and so it just fits well. Right. Um, I've also found that the logistic distribution fits pretty well, which has, again, a very similar shape but longer tail. Right, right. So the, the 2,000 hours that they list on the box. Is that close to the mean? The, um, what, what I saw on the boxes that I was using, I think they were 75 watt GE bulbs was what I was doing, okay. was a thousand hours, okay. what they claimed. And uh, the, the, the actual mean was somewhat larger than that. Right, and it's normal to happen. And I should mention that we've got a, uh, some activity in the cafe behind us, so I'm gonna try to edit that out, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, well, it's not my normal studio interview. Um, but, so is, is the, I know your book with, with Lewis, are you still working on that? Is that uh, part of your? So, Luis and I have been collaborating since the day he graduated. He was my first PhD student. Oh, really? And uh, <laughs> so we've been doing lots and lots of stuff. And early 19, he graduated, I think, in about 1980 or thereabouts. Around 1990, after spending about uh, 12 or 13 years spending summers at Bell Laboratories, I had enough examples and knowledge. I said, Luis, I'm going to write a book. Do you want to help me? And he said, yes. And so that's sort of how we got started. And that started the Meeker and Escobar yep. uh, literary success. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't answer the question, though. You, you got another one in the in the works? Oh, or? Well, yes, we're we're we're, <laughs> we're working that direction. But I I also conscripted Luis to help 
with the revision of the Hahn and Meeker Intervals book. Oh, so we're, yeah, yeah, we're trying yeah, yeah. to finish that one up right now. We're very, very close on that. And then we're going to jump into the reliability um, revisions. And um, so hopefully a little bit, little bit later this spring is what I'm thinking. And the problem is that the Meeker and Escobar 1998 book is already pretty big. And so it's trying to do a second edition seemed impossible. So what we've decided to do is to have two books. Mm -hmm. One is going to be a basic book that will cover the material for a one semester course, but also aimed at um, the most commonly used tools, right. sort of the criterion we laughingly use. If you can do it in jump, then it's going to go into the basic <laughs> Wait a book. Wait don't you actually work for them sometimes to promote that software? <laughs> well, the history of that is when we wrote the 1998 book, I developed all this software in S+. Right, and sitting I, on top of S+. I wanted it to be moved out of that for a couple of years now. So, but yeah, I use that all the time. Yeah, well, I still use it. I've, I've got a, I've got, a, I've got a, a Windows XP, and it still works pretty well. Don't upgrade it. <laughs> no, I turn it off. I think it will last for a while longer because okay. there's still some great advantages of using of using S plus. Yeah, there is. Um, so I, I eventually ported all that stuff over to R. Okay. But there's no nice graphic user interface. And my, my experience is that engineers don't want to mess around with commands. You know, they use a system two or three times a year and trying to remember the command syntax and the arguments and so forth is just too hard. So uh, I started talking to the jump people about 12 years ago because I could see S plus going down and R going up, mm -hmm. and I knew that meant the end of my software. Right. So, um, and by now they've done everything I did in in, in Splita, and a lot more. Right. And so they're they're on the move. Um, Jump is technologically very very good, and 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 uh, so I ported all my short course stuff over to Jump, and so it, it works very well. Okay. And do I work for them? I I, I I've seen you do some webinars uh, for them right, and training exactly. type that's stuff. That's the sort of so, so they, they invite me once in a while to do some reliability things in their Explorer series. So we give a half a day presentation on some reliability topics. Right, and then, right. um, so I imagine some of the updates then would be the supporting use of these other packages that are now more current and you can get a hold of. S Plus is still around, but it's found different markets. and. Yeah, no, S Plus is hard to find these days and even harder to afford. That's so, right. That's so right. Everything's, everything's in R. And, so, but that you, I'm going to go back to, you mentioned the start of the career really for Lewis, the Escobar, is that being your first student, then then you, and he, he's, a, is he still teaching? Yes, the, so he's, um, he's a professor at Louisiana State University, Louisiana State. and uh, he and I are both teaching our reliability courses on campus this semester together. Okay. Oh, and, good. And we're beginning to, we're actually beginning to work on the basic book. I mean, we've made some progress there. Okay, uh, another good. one of my former graduate students, Jay Pasquale, is going to help us. So the three of us will be uh, working on that book. Okay, and, we'll uh, have to look so, for that. Let me know. I'll get the word out and I mean, make it a bestseller if we can right My guess that. is three years from now, it'll, okay. it'll be out. Um, and, and then we've got the advanced book that'll come after that. Right, right. And I've, I've um, got Ely Hong, my former PhD student, who's been doing a lot of work in things like degradation analysis mm -hmm. and dynamic covariate in, uh, types of analyses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the big things that's changing in reliability is, is the nature of field data. Right. 
you know, in the old days, field data was some failure times, and then you had this running times for the units that didn't fail, and then we'd use that to make inferences, right. pre warranty predictions, whatever. But that's all changing. Today, so many systems are outfitted with sensors and communications technology that we're getting huge amounts of information about sometimes the state of the system, but also the conditions the around conditions them. in which they're being operated, how much they're being operated, the shocks that they're seeing, right. and, and the ability now to link that back to the field failure data is tremendously powerful. And not only can we predict the population like we used to, we can begin to predict for individual units by so modeling that. So this concept of prognostic health management sounds... It's all very closely related. Related to that, right. yep. yeah, yeah. And then the onset of the Internet of Things is just adding more sensor points and more data exactly. being accumulation through it. Right. But back to, I mean, we got Lewis started, but how did you get started in reliability? This is... And, and <laughs> so I, I, I was going to graduate school for operations research. Mm -hmm. And there was an opportunity to um, take on an internship at GE Research in the same town where I was going to school. Okay. Uh, so and that's like one of the big corporate labs. Yes, yes. So Jerry Hahn was a leader of the statistics group at that time, and he was an adjunct professor. I was taking a course for him, from him, and he invited me to apply for the internship. He invited everybody to apply, but uh, later that spring, he called, pulled, pulled me aside and said, Bill, I've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> the good news is we chose you for the internship. <laughs> the bad news is we didn't get funding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say we chose you for the internship. <laughs> but he, well, he says, wait a minute, there's more good news. Okay. You can come work for free. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a hard decision? I went back time? to talk to my professors and they said, absolutely, do it. You know, we'll keep you on assistantship. You can grade papers on the weekends, but go to GE during the week and you'll learn a lot. And it was, it was great. So I worked one summer with Jerry Hahn and design of experiments. The next summer I got to work with Wayne Nelson. Spent the whole summer with Wayne. And Wayne's just a wonderful mentor. He's sort yeah. of, both Jerry and Wayne, sort of taught me how to uh, mentor students. Right, so right. Wayne had a very exacting plan of what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. He wanted to um, develop methods for designing accelerated life tests. Right. But that wasn't where we were going to start. First, he showed me how to develop some tools for engineers to construct confidence intervals. Remember, this is back before we had computers. Right, right, right. And we draw something on a probability plot. So using the numbers you read off of a probability plot, Wayne said, now we can use these formulas, we'll have some tables, and engineers can, with their hand calculator, compute confidence intervals for quantiles or failure probabilities. So we wrote a paper on that. Mm -hmm. The next step was to develop a little tool to show engineers how to answer the most frequently asked question in all statistics. Sample size, let me guess. Exactly. How many <laughs> units and how long to test them. That's right. So we developed that little tool. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of put those things together and went the next step to like a regression analysis, which is accelerated testing. It is, yeah. yeah. And so I've uh, got three or four papers out of that before the end of the summer. I mean, they were all published then, yeah, but the beginning is, of this them. This is Wayne, yeah. And, and, you know, a year and a half later, when I was applying for jobs and I had all these papers published, Iowa State said, oh, that's impressive. And that's... A, Part of the reason I got started a job their career, and, and no, is Iowa State, if I remember right, is that right? Yeah, Iowa State uh, University. Is that where you started, or that was my first job? Been there forever. <laughs> <laughs> and the the other thing that 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 gave me kind of a leg up was 
I, I went to Iowa State in 1975, and in the summers of 76 and 77, I returned to GE for a couple of weeks, which right. was very good just to continue our collaborations face-to-face. -face. Oh, yes, you know, Because yes. we didn't have email back then. That's right. That's and right. So everything was slow mail. And uh, But then in 1978, I had an invitation to go to Bell Labs. And um, I remember meeting with my supervisor, who was Bland Godfrey, pretty well known in the quality area. Yes. And Bland had set up a bunch of um, meetings for me to talk with engineers. And he said, go out, talk to these engineers, find out what their problems are, look for some research problems, and have a good time. So I did for 10 weeks. And Northern New Jersey for 10 yeah, weeks? Yeah, uh, Homedale, New Jersey, actually. Okay. So it was... Uh, Interestingly, it was 15 minutes away from where my parents lived, so I didn't, you know, Bell Labs didn't pay that much. That's right. And it was but sort you... of the glory of working for Bell Labs. I mean, they enough to cover my expenses. Maybe, right, right. Because I lived with my parents, so I could sort of pocket that You could that make it, and, yeah. Yeah. It was, but what an experience. That was, uh, I mean. Well, not only you... that, it continued for 15 summers. Wow. So every summer I would go back. And, you know, after divestiture in 1984, you could see the funding in Bell Labs sort of going down. Dwindled away, yeah. By, by 1992, 93, um, uh, it was really hard for them to find funding ahead of time. They had a project, deliverables and so forth. There wasn't as much fun, but it was still interesting. But uh, I think the last summer, my supervisor called and said, um, Bill, we finally got some funding. Can you come for two weeks? We got this project. Um, she said, but it's got to be at the end of June because June... July 1st, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, wow, man. So it just, it just all, all sort of all came apart. But that's when Luis and I got serious about the book. Oh, well, that's good. So, so one thing leads to another. Yep. I was going to ask those that, I mean, when, when you got that invite to go to Bell Labs, Bell Labs at that point was, you know, they're getting Nobel Prizes and, and these kinds of things. That's the sort just, of stuff they were doing there. Yeah. yeah. Was that at all intimidating coming in as a statistician, essentially, that's to... The guys that are inventing, I mean, they invented R yeah. originally, I think, way S, back. S, 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 which then became the commercial S+. That's right. Plus. But one, it, one of the many things that happened at Bell Labs, of course, Bell Labs was very broad in what they did. But there's a balance of, this is exciting, but you also had the experience right at GE, which is another big lab. Yes. So, yeah. Actually, Bell Labs, 20% of it was called the research part of Bell Labs. The other part was sort of the development, so research and really development, make, right? We really had to make and, product. And that's really right? where I was working. Okay. It, was, it was a quality assurance center, and they were focused on quality and reliability of Bell system products. Okay, okay. All right. So, so there were lots of real problems around. So very practical, very concrete. And, that's right. Yeah, and that's fun. I, you know, actually see the things in the market later. They go, yeah, they worked on that. Yep. That's pretty cool. All right, well, I appreciate it. Well, I, I mean, I could sit and chat for the rest of the day, but I know you, you've got a, a dozen different things to do probably shortly, so I really appreciate it. Now I'm going to be looking for the books, and I'll probably send you a note offline to look for some of that R code stuff, because I really miss the, the functionality of Splita, of the, the systems yeah. I could run, but I'm not afraid of the It's still there, code. and I still use it. If you're not afraid of, of command line, I, that's just, all I just use. Google R Splita. Oh, okay. All right. And, I'll look and, for that and we'll do that. I'll put a link there for other people that are getting into R because these tools really made my career early because I would do a presentation and everybody else was doing presentations in the Excel or the precursor of Excel. And I had very clear, crisp uh, uh, graphs that really explain the data, helps reveal the data. And they look at it and go, how'd you do that? Yeah, the graphical capabilities in S Plus and now R are just outstanding. They for are. For presentation graphics. Yep. 
And it, it goes a long way to help get our message across. That's right, very important. And then we have to be able to explain it, and that's when I give you a call and say, Phil, how do I, <laughs> what's the deal with this? Well, thank you very much, Phil, I appreciate it. Thank you, Fred.